Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 22nd of March 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 316. Hope you're all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. This is my first show of the year in shorts. How about that? It's 15.43 hours, Monday afternoon. The show slightly delayed out of concern. I always close the blinds before I start recording. And of course, right opposite from me, there's the kebab shop, the new kebab shop that reopened on the site of the old kebab shop. I can feel my throat already going. How frustrating is that? And I looked up because it's a, it's a residential street, but a very busy street. And I think two or three floors up, there's loads of smoke coming out of that roof where the kebab shop is based. And I'm just wondering, is that the extractor fan? Is that just normal? I've never noticed it before. Is that down to the kebab shop or is something serious actually happening? I've, in the end, I've decided to go with that's down to the kebab shop and uh, just get on with episode 316. I hope that uh, there is no serious situation unraveling across the road uh, from me while I do uh, this show. I was feeling relatively upbeat uh, today post-run, and then I came back to the flat around lunchtime, came back to a council tax letter, which uh, brought me right back down to earth. It's been a relatively busy day, well-structured day. I had my list of things that I needed to do, prepping interviews for the uh, football uh, show. Not quite getting that batch of interviews done at the moment, though I am confirming a few interviews I've already done too I've got a third one on Thursday I'm getting a lot of reading done though one confirmed interview this week I think I just said that this is with a guy who I actually saw him play for England when I was a kid and he's also uh, someone who played with Pele Beckenbauer and Cruyff and his uh, his book is it's a it's a decent read so I've got loads of post-it notes that I've taken out of the book as I revisit it you know I I basically I stick post-it notes in every book that I read for the football show and then I revisit the book removing the post-it notes and seeing why that particular page had been marked with a note and uh, then I prep my questions and I can't speed read for the life of me well I can speed read but I don't think I'm very good at um, I don't know I, I, I think that the people who can do this really well are the people who really literally speed read, whereas I'm, I am speed reading, but I'm speed reading every single page. So I end up with a pile of questions and uh, then I start worrying whether I'm going to get pulled up on the uh, interview going on for too long. It's uh, a couple of weeks ago I did a, a, uh, an interview. Let me see if I can get my words out. I did an interview with a former Arsenal player and he'd actually... Uh, told me that I could book him in for 45 minutes. The interview went on for an hour and a half. The key is to get them interested in the interview and to get them enjoying looking back at their career. And normally that happens, but there's always um, a bit of me in the first 15, 20 minutes. If it's feeling a bit slow, I'm thinking these guys, they're not going to want to be on here for, for too long. So I've got to try and speed this up. Anyway, I've got to finish prepping the questions for this book later on today, but after that, I'm just knocking things on the head. It's, uh, I think I've given you a time check already. It's 15.47 hours now, and really, I'd hope to have the show done by now today, hope to have it out there, and I hope that I would have uh, finished prepping my questions for this Thursday interview, but uh, I've done neither, but it's still been a fairly uh, good day. 
And uh, just to let you know, by the way, the Try All You Want podcast is also available now via Acast and all the usual uh, podcast platforms if you're someone that can't listen to the show live on Friday night. So you can find that everywhere. Now the last, uh, I think, three episodes uh, are out at all the usual places. So I went out for my uh, run this lunchtime and uh, I touched on my post-lockdown anxiety last week. And it's certainly there. And by this, I mean, you know, in terms of going forward, how we move on out of this, you know, a year of isolating. There's the throat. I'm going to have to pause this and take another drink. I I think there's two things that I've noticed post-COVID with me. I'm going to talk about one of them now that's related to the running. That's the weakness in the legs. But my throat's definitely got worse post-COVID. I'm back with you in a moment. Okay, let's see if that's better. Let's see if the throat holds out and let's see if I can remember where I was. I think I was talking about the run. I know that I was talking about the run. Okay, so yeah, I think because I've been isolated and alone, it's, I'm feeling, I am feeling a little anxious about interacting with people. I did rebubble with my aunt last week, more of which later. I've got no anxiety there, but my anxiety is about re, not rebubbling. I mean, just interacting with people that, uh, whether it's friends or people that I may not know so well. And today, as I headed out for the run, I took my gloves with me because normally on a Monday, it often falls to me to put the bins out. But today I'd gone out there and uh, the neighbor across the landing from me, he was already out there putting uh, the bins out. He's someone that I've gotten to know a bit better over the last few months. Decent guy. Won't have the jab though. He's uh, or, or certainly um, considering not having it. He seemed a less certain, less adamant about that today because we've talked about that before. And I had my recycling bag and I had my bin bag and uh, the recycling. We just don't seem to have enough bins for the recycling now. And it's not that we've got more people living it, uh, living here. I just think that the neighbor, the new neighbor who, who came in, he's still buying stuff in and sometimes he's not breaking up his boxes brilliantly. So he's filling up those recycling bins very quickly because I never used to have this problem. And I sometimes think that what I need to do now is just put my recycling out a couple of times a week. So I'm not struggling to chuck all my stuff in, well, fit it all into the bin as I had to today. So I, for some reason today, even though I had my uh, buffer, my running buffer, I normally mask up when I'm heading out into the communal hallway because the communal hallways with all the activity they have with all the people that live here and also all the builders that they've had here, there are no windows in those communal hallways, so they can't be ventilated. So I'll always wear the buffer over my uh, mouth and nostrils when I'm heading out uh, for my run or even just to put the bins out, I'll, I'll wear a mask and I'll have my gloves. I didn't have my gloves on, and I'd forgotten to put the buffer up. I had it on around my neck, but I'd forgotten to put it up over my uh, mouth and nostrils, and then I realized that too late, and I saw this neighbor out there already putting the bins out, and I briefly considered going back in, and then I thought, no, because I'm going out for a run. I'm dressed for the run, and if I don't go out, I know that I'm not going to do this because I'm not looking forward to the run. So we got chatting, and as we were chatting, I was casually handling the bins without my gloves and trying to look relaxed and trying to observe the social distancing. At, uh, I think he did well on the social distancing as well. And uh, sometimes you, 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 because of someone's dentition, they might spit a bit when they talk. Happened with me and a, a cafe regular that I really get on with. Uh, a few years ago, and uh, my concern with their spitting as they were talking was that uh, they had hepatitis. Hepatitis is one of those things, I think, that never goes away, and they just had another bout of it, and I was a bit concerned at the time because I'm sure some of the um, some of the uh, saliva uh, was uh, landing my way in the cafe. So that there was a bit of that today, and it's also a narrow stretch of pavement here, on this side of the road, across the road, as I've said before, the pavement is wider. So we were chatting for about 15 minutes and there were people walking, you know, both ways past us. And I'm thinking I'm in a bit of trouble here because I've not masked up 
and you can't really do two meters social distance in here. So all these strangers are walking past us. I'm also touching the bins. But, you know, with those things, you just remember, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your face. You know, occasionally you make a mistake, but normally I think most of us will now remember not to do that. But, you know, given I've already had this and, you know, despite being very careful, I'll always wonder where I got it from. I think we all will in, in, in that situation. You, you would wonder how you might have got it. So we kept talking. I made the curious decision to keep my recycling bag and actually ran with my empty recycling bag. And, and part of the reason for that is with the libraries closed, I can't get any more. So I'm down to the last two. And uh, we were chatting. We were talking about the various situations in the flat. We were talking about all the issues with the builders. We were talking about David Brent, that pain in the behind building site manager whose number I've blocked, whose numbers I've blocked rather, or the office number, the mobile number, the man is blocked. You know, I will not speak to that guy. He's just an absolute pain. And I had sympathy for him at the start. You know, he lost his mum to COVID, you know, and I, I, you know, enormous sympathy for anyone in that situation. And I'd always suspected he'd, you know, he'd gone back to work a bit too soon. But also once I got to know him a bit more, and by that I mean professionally in terms of how the work was going here, which is still not complete, I thought this guy really just isn't very good at his job. That's what it comes down to. And uh, one of the neighbors last week at the Sarah Everard vigil that we had outside the building when, you know, we got talking, uh, used the, op uh, the, the evening to talk about our relative experiences with these builders and where the respective flats were at in terms of uh, the building works. She mentioned that he had other problems beyond his uh, mum passing away to COVID and she didn't say any more uh, beyond that and I think she probably thought well he's taken me into his confidence I can't say anything the thing is he's told everyone the same thing he, he you know and he hasn't told me because I've blocked him otherwise I'm sure he would have he's also going through a divorce at the moment a messy divorce and as this uh, neighbor today told me he said um, well he told so-and-so not to tell anyone keep it to yourself but he's also told so-and-so he's now told me blah 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 we were just talking about the respective issues. This neighbour, their roof leak is possibly more serious than mine. I think they're going to cut a hole into his plasterboard and run various tests. I still haven't given the builders a date to come back and put the block stain on my ceiling as you know, we, we, we go back to whatever it was. I think 2019 when I was doing this, this, this thing has now been going on for a number of years where I now have to again monitor the ceiling to see if there's any staining returning after it rains and I was thinking how am I going to get out of this conversation where is my segue here you know I'm, I'm in shorts I'm wearing five or six tops all of which were unironed and these you know maybe I think he was heading out for a walk but he's probably thinking how do we get out of this how do we segue out of this? And I think we bought ourselves some time. We continued to walk into the park. He was going for his walk and um, we left it there. He's probably thinking, what's this guy doing with his recycling bag? Why hasn't he been that? And I was also mindful that the recycling bag might have made contact with the bins. And, you know, you're worried about COVID and, you know, picking up COVID via surfaces. And, you know, I've had my first jab, but can I still get COVID again? Probably. I say that without knowing, but I would imagine that you can. And uh, he said, I think he's going to have a look on the roof. He can see all the TV aerials and dishes from his window. I can't from here, but I think I'm going to have to buy a cheap aerial to see if I can get some other stations other than uh, London Live here, because uh, I think those roofers, scaffolders rather, uh, messed up uh, the aerial here and I can't pick up a load of TV stations. It's a good job that I'm either only watching football, boxing or reruns of Spiral right now. Um, I'm not really watching anything else beyond that. At Newsnight the last couple of weeks I haven't made too much, uh, I haven't engaged too much with the show. Anyway I got out for the run, it was a struggle, I pushed on, I had it in my mind today, I was going to run for a certain amount of time. I actually came up 30 seconds short, and it wasn't because I was struggling, although I was struggling at the start. I, I came up short just because, um, well, just because I did, but distance-wise, I actually surpassed just about what I targeted. 
the start of that run continues to be awful. And the thing is, I don't think it's fitness related because of how I'm feeling. I know what it's like and the effort that is required to build up your fitness because I've been through that and my fitness was poor uh, pre-2019. You know, that, that, that break, that fracture had really diminished my, my fitness uh, for a number of years. And through sheer hard work and boredom out in that park, I, you know, built up uh, a decent level of fitness. And I don't think this is fitness related. I think the way I feel when I'm out there, I'm missing something that the virus has robbed. And I wonder how long before I can get that back. It's my fourth week out now. And it's actually painful, physically painful, the first seven to eight minutes before I'm okay. And it's painful in a way that running before the virus, even, you know, my, my few weeks, the last few weeks before the virus, I was struggling because I was running uh, less because of the conditions out there. You know, it's a, it's a park, it's wet, it's muddy, it's not great to run in, and I was struggling out there, but nothing like this. And I wonder if once I get past that stage, if by building on my minutes, you know, getting past that first seven to eight minutes, which again today was absolutely dreadful. There's no strength in the legs and I'm just not feeling good at all. I wonder if by building on my minutes, which is how I'm thinking right now, I can increase my fitness levels as you normally would. Or if right now as things stand with whatever this virus has done to my body, whatever impact it's had, whether there is anything I can actually do that will make a difference. And I'm I'm not sure if the normal route that you take to build up your fitness and build up your times and distances every week, just doing a bit more every day or every couple of runs, I don't know if that's going to make a difference, that approach. Because right now, apart from my early days wheezing around the park in the summer of 2019, I haven't struggled to this extent one notable thing out there today someone well a couple of people were playing cricket and you know I'm not a cricket guy but I do like the sound of cricket I like the sound of that ball hitting the bat and you could tell that uh, spring at least is uh, on the way and that was at the start of my run those two guys were playing cricket and then as I left them behind and uh, their cricketing sound became fainter that's when I started running into difficulties with the running and the park was very busy out there and you start thinking am I looking like a twat here you know is it clear that I'm really struggling here and I had some heavy breather behind me for about 30 meters and they must have been wearing earphones it sounded to me like I was being hunted down by some beast and I deliberately slowed down just so they could uh, run past me because it was really off-putting hearing their breathing and them not getting any closer. Right now, if beating your worst run times classifies technically as a personal best, then I'm on a real hot streak. I got home, I washed my hands thoroughly, I quarantined my running gear by an open window, I washed my hands again, I did my warm down and then I showered and... The shower wasn't great. The water pressure in this flat is as weak as my legs, you know, post-COVID. And, and it's not the worst pressure, the worst water pressure I've had in a, in a flat by any means, but it's certainly noticeably worse. So I don't really know what's going on. But anyway, I'm pleased that at least distance-wise, I made a bit of a breakthrough today, but I just wonder if it needed to be so painful, whether it, you know, needs to be as difficult as it is right now what else can i tell you about my week well i chucked out a condom unused i should add i chucked out a condom at the weekend with an expiry date of may 2016 i thought i won't be needing that now that can go it's one thing taking a, a risk microwaving out of date food but you wouldn't want to take your chances with uh, an expired condom i would imagine in other news, uh, my GP, my lifelong GP, albeit over the last five or six years, very much sidelined because I found some of his um, decisions quite erratic. And I, um, I know that I'm not the only one from that health center who felt the same way. A lot of uh, his old patients were moving to younger patients. You don't really want to place your health in the hands of someone in their 70s if they're that erratic. But he's retiring now at the end of this month, 
which is a big thing for me. It's a big thing for that uh, practice. And I think I'm one of their longest serving. Well, I don't think you, you can be classified as a long serving patient. I'm one of the oldest patients they have there, not in terms of age, though I'm getting there now, but in terms of longevity. So this guy has always been in my life since I've been nine months old. I think he first saw me. And in the last few years, whenever we've met up, we always chat about the old days there before the practice was um, refurbished in 2000. We talk about there was uh, the backup doctor in those days was a guy who lived around the corner from me in Mayflower, a very overweight guy who was a bit dodgy. My aunt was talking about him last week. She said that you could always get anything you wanted, any prescription you wanted with this guy, however dangerous it might be, or, you know, maybe you shouldn't have been continuing on that prescription, but this doctor would just write you anything, anything that you wanted, you could get and also we chatted about the other backup doctor who was there in the 80s, uh, through the mid-80s, until he disappeared in Africa with his girlfriend and he actually turned out to be murdered. It was a very high-profile case. It was a case that was extensively covered by the South London Press at the time, but it was years before, um, I think, his um, the outcome, the grim outcome of that was discovered. I think it wasn't until the mid-90s where the truth finally emerged. Uh, but this is a big thing for me. This guy has been a big figure in my life, in my family's life. He, if I wasn't feeling very well as a as a young boy, he'd come to the the bedsit at Mayflower. You know, my mum and my dad uh, used him. Uh, my dad had a didn't have a great relationship with him. They they really clashed. And um, I've told this story before. There was one occasion where. I had an appointment at the surgery and as I knocked and I heard the doctor say, come in, I saw him with his head in his hands and then when he realized it was me, he suddenly uh, removed his head from his hands. He looked up at me and his disposition became so much brighter and he just said to me, oh, I thought it was your dad. So uh, I think it's fair to say he didn't hold my dad in particularly high regard. I think my dad had probably read too many doctor's answers this and the day before the uh, the days before the internet. And uh, you're always going to be clashing with a patient who almost claims to know as much as you, I think, if you're a doctor. But I'll miss the guy, not just as a doctor. I'll just miss having him in my life. I, you know, I don't think he was the greatest doctor there's been, but you need people like this in your life, this goes to community it's like having a, a regular priest as a kid it's like having uh, neighbors that are close to your parents who look out for you as a kid it's like having your regular barber like andy the barber as i did as a kid and you know you you put a doctor in there it's someone who has been good overall for for my family and i said to my aunt we've got to get him a card and you know i'll thank him for everything he's done for all of us but in terms of the retirement it's uh long overdue he's just been increasingly erratic over the last few years and i think i suspect that the covid thing because he's uh, in his 70s now he hasn't been allowed to work from the surgery since the lockdown kicked in and i think that this is probably the practice taking the opportunity to quietly push him out the door and I think the time is right really you know he's, he's done well he can be very proud of what he's done and the way he's built up that surgery and how he served the people of Stockwell SW8 and SW9 but it is time for him to go but I'll miss the guy and I doubt that I'll ever see him again which is a big thing when you've been seeing this person your entire life but um, it goes back to just being grateful to have grown up in that kind of community where I was part of a community where people knew each other, you know, and you had these authoritative figures, you know, the priest, the doctor, you had the regular Bobby on the beat, well, on the, on the, on the bike with a red face because he'd been out drinking at another neighbor's house, you know, telling you off for playing football in the street. That's the kind of community I, I came from, and this this guy, this GP, will be uh, another loss to to the local uh, community. Some housekeeping to bring you. The ACAS redirect has now gone through. It was um, eight, nine, ten days of pain trying to get it working, but it has now gone through, so you shouldn't have any problem with your uh, feed, picking up the uh, the new feed. 
some Howard Hughes type shoutouts uh, on this week's show. Now uh, I've got a few to get through. First of all, Rebecca in Boston, photographer, travel writer, florist, designer, multi-hat wearing woman, and longtime supporter of this work, which I'm grateful and appreciative of. Uh, worth visiting her Cozy Sea Shop website at cozyseashop.com. That's cozy with a Z. Or as this English podcaster, whose podcast I had to stop listening to because of all these Americanisms, he would probably say Z. That's um, Cozy's... Let me start again. CozyCShop.com. Follow her on Twitter, at CozyCShop. And uh, have a look uh, on her website. There might be something there that uh, interests you. And uh, I hope uh, Rebecca is uh, keeping safe and well out there in the States. And from the States, uh, let me just get my geography right. We move north to Canada. A second shout out to Gemma uh, there in Canada. And this is because of the rather helpful tweets from last week. Because I was talking about... I've just... I find it very difficult reading on a bus. I don't take many buses, but, you know, I like to have a book if I'm on a bus just to pass the time. And it's so hard reading if you're wearing a mask. Your your, your glasses steam up. And I was looking at anti-fog spray, and I think I mentioned this in a tweet. And um, Gemma pointed out that this would be a a short-term solution and not a great solution. And also, and I'd never considered this, as obvious as it might seem, I've always said I don't have any common sense, and this is another example of that. Gemma said that if your glasses are steaming up, then the mask isn't on properly. And given that my mask often steams up if I'm wearing glasses, then it's clear that my mask technique hasn't been great. But then I think this is the same... For many people, and last week I had to go to a clinic and uh, I asked the um, the clinician who was wearing a mask and glasses how she dealt with the problem of lenses steaming up and uh, she told me that what she does is she pinches the top by the bridge of the nose, which I always do anyway, but she said that what she does is under her chin she leaves a gap so she can funnel the air out that below her chin and that reduces uh, the chances of the glasses steaming up. But after reading Gemma's tweets, I thought, okay, this is a good point here. I'm clearly not wearing my mask brilliantly, the three-ply masks. So I normally do a knot in there because they're too baggy. But it's still not been great. So what I've started doing as of last week is double knotting. And I was on a bus after rebubbling with my aunt. I was on a bus and I was reading. I was basically road testing the double knotted mask. And it was better. There was still some steaming up. But uh, it was better. And uh, anyway, Gemma sent me a link to something I'd never heard of. I think, well, the first one was some, no, the second link was a link to some mask that was sold out. The first one, though, and I think this would be, I don't think it's fairly straightforward in terms of getting it to work properly. I suppose there's a knack to it in terms of fitting them inside your mask. But she sent me a link to face brackets, which I think helped to create a pouch within your mask that will reduce the steaming up of your glasses. And this is something I'm going to, there are various options on Amazon. I'm going to have a look and see what I can get because, yeah, I'm I'm tired of the um, the steamed up lenses. So uh, thank you, uh, Gemma, uh, for that. And uh, you guys, why not take a look at uh, a nap that uh, Gemma created, usesoap.app. It's a free online security policy generator for civil society organizations, usesoap.app, which is what I was hoping the regulars in the cafe would do for the 20 or so last years of the pre-COVID era, but they rarely did. Gemma's Soap app, though, is different. It's, um, it's a, as I said, it's a free online security policy generator. It's designed to well the idea is to help you to design customized security policies for your organization to make informed decisions about your organization's security plan to successfully implement and maintain your organization's security policy now it's unlikely to be relevant to uk listeners uh, the uk listeners that i'm aware of and because this show's got such a tiny audience i do tend to know most of you but I'm thinking one or two international listeners that I know, this might be up their street, so that's why I'm putting it out there. And you can follow Gemma's app on Twitter at That Soap, and That Soap as in, uh, you know, 
uh, hand soap, S-O-A-P, app, that soap, app. Yeah, take a look. It's an interesting thing. It's way over my head, but uh, it may be something that interests you. Third uh, shout-out this week. There's a throat going. The third shout-out goes to prolific writer Nick Bryan, as well as mounting a brilliant attempt at dominating the comics world in the last several years. Nick is the co-host, as you know, of Moderate Fantasy Violence podcast, a fortnightly show about pop culture and the world around it, as discussed by Nick and his co-host Alistair J.R. Ball. They cover comics, TV, and film. You can follow Nick at NickMB. You'll find links there to all his work. They've done 132 episodes now of uh, Moderate Fantasy Violence, and they have, and this is the kind of thing that irritates me, they have just one review on Apple Podcasts. No prizes for guessing who it's from. It's an absolute disgrace that so much work, so many years have gone into that show, and they still have only one review. Try the podcast. If you like it, give uh, Nick and his co-host a good review in the podcast, as we do need uh we you know we need that support i say that every week it's also the week of nick's birthday happy birthday nick i don't ever think nick will get old and i don't mean by that that he's going to meet a premature demise let me be clear on that it's just i can't imagine him getting old a hundred years from now he'll still be turning out comics and maybe uh, by then he'll have decided on a return for hobson and Choi. And the last shout-out this week goes to someone who shall remain nameless because I think their profile is deliberately lower these days. But they followed the show on uh, Instagram uh, last week. And uh, let me just say they were the first and possibly greatest of the Toilet Bingo champions on the old Please Don't Hug Me podcast back in 2010. An inexplicably popular feature. And uh, while their husband, the Minty One, remains in regular touch... And, uh, of course, let's not forget, he himself was a formidable toilet bingo champion in his own right. But I think even Matt, as sporty as he is, and I think if you are sporty, you're also likely to be competitive by nature. And he does the cycling, the swimming, uh, the running. But I think even uh, the minty one would concede that his wife was probably the greatest toilet bingo champion that old show ever saw. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 316, Wet in the Small Stuff, every Monday. Do follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607WestEgg, facebook.com forward slash DRT, available. You can find all the work at DanielRuizTyson.com. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links alongside every episode of Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available should you wish to make a one-off donation uh, to the show and uh, donors will always get the latest Patreon bonus episode we transferred over to you. Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via that Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. I appreciate the ongoing support from you patrons Moving on with this week's show, I rebubbled with my aunt last week and, uh, yeah, that brought me some much needed joy. It was uh, lovely to see her. I hadn't seen her since the first week in January. I, I thought it would just be safer to, to wait until her and my uncle had both been vaccinated, had both their jabs and then hoping that I'd at least got one of my jabs and also, you know, I was concerned at the way the numbers were rising uh, between that whole tier four announcement, which was almost a waste of time and the actual proper lockdown that we subsequently went into. And I took my new thermometer that my aunt had got me to try and understand it. I've never had a thermometer before. Uh, I've said this before. This is a digital thermometer I've never had any thermometer. I'm just not a thermometer guy. But, uh, you know, certainly the last year I, I thought it was time to get one. But, of course, you know, they disappeared from the shelves in the first few months of the lockdown as, you know, the stockpilers just took everything. Uh, I couldn't work out how to use this thermometer stuff. Uh, this thermometer, you know, I was reading through the leaflets. I still couldn't get it. So my aunt gave me a, a thermometer workshop. She had a thermometer which is also a digital one which is relatively new but it was clear she was taking a shine into my 
new thermometer that she got me and she was dropping hints. She was angling to swap my new thermometer for hers if I was struggling to get to grips with the new thermometer, which I initially was. And just thinking about it now, I've already forgotten how to use it. But, uh, you know, I wasn't having that. I thought it's not. I thought I'm going to be brooding about this. If I if I leave her flat with without the new thermometer, even though I'll finally have a thermometer, it will be like buying it off eBay. It's been with her for whatever, at least six months. You know, you've got me the new thermometer. Let me leave here with the new thermometer. I, I could see where my aunt, I could see her thinking because I think she was expecting me when she ordered it, she was expecting me to get an identical thermometer to hers. And, and in that situation, and I'm the same, if you have something and you think, oh, I'll get this very thing, I'll get it for this person here, they'll find it useful. But it turns out to be different, a different model to the one that you have. And, you, you know, you're looking at this new model and you're thinking, well, I wish I had this one. It's it's not great. You're, you're, you're essentially gifting someone a better model than the one you have. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, I, yeah, I can see it. The new thermometer is here. It's... Uh, it's about six meters in front of me. I still haven't used it. Hopefully I won't need to use it, but uh, it's good to have a thermometer now in the flat. Bought some pastries to have with our coffee, and I got confused and little. They've got these, I don't know what you would call them, these pastry handling bags now that you're meant to use as gloves. I didn't want to use the pincers that people were handling. But I thought that they'd got rid of the other bags that you put your pastries in. And so I delivered the pastries to my aunt in these, uh, well, essentially gloves that the, the store supplies. And my aunt pulled me up on it. She said, you're just like your uncle. He does exactly the same thing. And I was saying to her, but these are the only bags they have. And I was wrong on that because when I went to Little again later in the week, I saw that that wasn't the case, so I, I can now see that the idea is you buy the pastry, sorry, you pick up the pastry by putting your hands in these plastic bags, which are not easy to prise open. And of course, you don't want to do that kind of uh, gentle spitting on your fingers to try and get some traction on that plastic because it's not safe to do that anymore, but it's very difficult. What I try and do is I get my four-color bick and I create a hole in the plastic and then try to, to try to prise it open, but it's not very effective. But she was right. The idea is that you put your hand in those plastic bags, you get your pastry, and then you bag up your pastry in the normal bags of uh, the pre-COVID era, the, um, you know, the, those, those brown bags that you might stick a baguette in. So uh, I certainly heard there. What did I have? I got a, um, one of those raisin whirls, and I had to have an apple turnover. That was too sweet for her. It was a bit too sweet for me, but I, but I, had that I haven't had a pastry for a long time, and I just thought, you know, we haven't seen each other for a long time. Let's have a pastry. I had to take my reading glasses uh, to my aunt's to read some mail for her. Normally, I have old glasses there, which I still do. But says the eyes again, Dave. It is these days the glasses. I can only use the glasses that I'm wearing. I can't rely on old glasses anymore. The the, the eyesight just won't have it. So. I took my, my reading glasses and I can't remember how we got into it. I was, that was it. I, I was going through her nectar points. She'd had a load of coupons sent to her and I was trying to establish what it was that, which, which coupons she wanted to keep. I'm just moving the microphone arm here. You might have heard that creaking. And I don't know how we got onto it, but we were talking about my mum. We, we got onto talking about my mum's old glasses and my aunt said she didn't know what had become of them. Well, I did because I've actually kept them all these years and uh, they were gripped in my mum's hand when she passed away. I found them in her hands and I, I kept them as a, a grim trophy, I suppose, all these years. Rose-coloured circular frames. An ex-girlfriend once found them, I think, that was about 10 years on from my mum's passing and laughed at how unfashionable they were, which, you know, didn't go down well with me. I, I wanted to say to her, well, look, these were fairly fashionable in 2000. So, you know, keep that in mind. Anyway, my aunt said, oh, I'll have them. And, you know, my aunt is someone, she never gets her eyes tested. She just wears anything, any glasses that she sees. Like I left her some old reading glasses there for her to try on. And now she says she can't see with them. And well, which is great. Uh, sorry, it's not great, but it's it's fine. Go and get your eyes tested. 
she won't get her eyes tested. She'll go to the pharmacy and pick up some reading glasses, which are insufficient. You need to go and get your eyes tested, all of you. If you think you need glasses, don't be buying reading glasses from a pharmacy. Do it properly. And anyway, so she, she said that um, I should bring her my mum's glasses. And I said, look, you're, you're officially 82 years old, right? You could be older. You could be younger. I think I'm younger, said my aunt. Well, we don't know that. But my mum was your younger sister. She passed away at 57. But you think you can wear the glasses of a late middle-aged person when you're in your 80s? Te doy la razón, said my aunt. Yeah, I see your reasoning. I don't know how her mind works sometimes. I really don't. Right, let's move on. I've still got quite a bit uh, to get through. I'm slowly getting back into music, mainly because I need to uh, select songs or top up my playlist every week for Trial You Want. And at the moment, I'm revisiting my shoegazing youth. Certainly have been uh, the last week and uh, really enjoying it, actually. I found a couple of brilliant tracks from my youth, uh, Sleep by Slow Dive. I always go for the live version if I can, and there's a live version there. And there's also a one-hour version of the studio track just on a loop for YouTube. And, uh, you know, given that I've always historically been prone to overkilling a song that I suddenly fall in love with, that works absolutely fine for me. Also, Kick the Tragedy, a near nine-minute epic by Drop 19s from 1992. I could never uh, get a, a track as long as that on trial you want but i got into drop 19s from their second album onwards and had no idea that their greatest lineup was on that first uh i think it was the delaware album and what i liked about them and i said this on uh last week's trial you want i liked the fact well they were all kids they were in their teens and by their early 20s the band leader had just had enough of the music industry and uh, dropped out, never went back, but uh, this uh, track, Kick the Tragedy, is absolutely stunning. Epic shoegazing. Also been listening a lot to uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Dark Necessities, which I think is probably my favourite all-time Red Hot Chili Peppers track. Really do like that uh, song. Also been listening to some audio dramas over the last few days. I found a brilliant one, uh, Sherlock Holmes and I'd read the book. Esselman, I think, wrote it. I can't remember his surname. Let me just... Uh, sorry, that's his surname. I think it was Lauren D. Esselman. I'm just going to check that for you. Duck, duck, go there into the URL. Okay, Lauren D. Esselman. Yeah, Lauren D. Esselman. He wrote Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and, and the book is fairly good. There are various versions of Sherlock Holmes meets... You know, one isn't great, but there are a couple that are very good. Stuart S. Davis, I think, wrote my favorite one. But this was an audio adaptation of Lauren D. Esselman's book, and I think he, he wrote it as well. And I enjoyed it, except for the... It's it's by a group called the Pop-Up Theatre, I think. Is it Pop-Up Theatre? I'm not sure Pop-Up Theatre are responsible for that. Again, I'm going to go onto YouTube. Just excuse me while I type away. Because I found this uh, pop-up theatre on YouTube and they do a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, audio dramas. The thing is, the two lead actors... Oh, you heard that. That's uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Black Dahlia. I've not been able to finish that one and that is simply because the two lead actors playing Sherlock Holmes and Watson, they're awful. Absolutely awful. No, they're not the guys behind... They're not the guys behind um, Sherlock Holmes and I found these guys because uh, I came across Return to Ripper Street, which is one of theirs. Uh, and again, you know, I appreciate the work that goes into it, but it's just undermined by the two. The two actors aren't great. That's actually, I haven't even finished this one. I've, I've only got half an hour into the Ripper Street audio. It's, it's, um, it's just, it's not that the play's bad, it's that the acting isn't good. The two lead actors are just, they're just really, really bad. Which is a shame because otherwise I'd have lots of stuff uh, to listen to. I've also been listening to, I'm going to have to get my phone for this to, to give you the name of this show. I, I think it's been dormant for about a year. They've clearly stopped doing it in the last year, but let me see what it is. 
might not be able to find it easily. It's a Batman podcast. There's so many. But what I like about this one is it's covering the period of the Batman comic, which I think was the greatest in its history, you know, uh, from the mid-80s to the early 90s. And either side of that, it just wasn't great. Well, early, sorry, before the uh, mid-80s, it was okay. But I think, you know, from the mid-90s onwards, I I just think, I, I thought, I can't continue with this i just don't like the way it's going there's too many spin-offs the stories are increasingly ridiculous but i just liked it when the batman was effectively uh he was going around like the equalizer and it was all very grim and dark and it was either i think just as he he found his second robin jason todd who i really liked and then you had the death in the family which was the death of robin and I'm struggling to find it because these guys obviously haven't, uh, I mean, the Player FM app, these guys haven't updated a show for about uh, a year. And let me see if I can find it. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. If you put in, I think, Andrew Leyland and Mike Bailey. Actually, let me see if I can find it by searching my inbox. Not my inbox, just, just by putting in a search here. Coming up with my Batman subscription. I didn't come up with anything there. I've subscribed to a few of them. Let's see. It's taken a while because I've got so many. Batman. Oh, this is ridiculous. I was I was playing it yesterday. The Arkham Sessions is another one. I've just subscribed to that. Uh, Wayne Manor Memoirs, not that. Enter the Night, totally super. Bat-ass. I think that's a Batman one. I don't know. I've got to find this for you now because I've, I've just told you about it. Let me see if I can find him by his name, Mike. I oh, know. Let me see. Jim Starlin. Because basically they're covering the Jim Starlin period on Batman, which started in 87. And I got into the comic in a big way in 88. Absolutely loved it. I was fortunate to get into Batman at that era just before the uh, the Batman film of 89. I can't find it. It's ridiculous. What is going on? Was it Apero? No, Apero was the artist. This is the the floor in uh, Player FM. Aparo, I think they say. Anyway, this show is a, an American guy and an English guy. I think the English guy is from up north. And they break down every comic from that period, from the Jim Starlin era, because he did just some wonderful work with Batman. And I can't find it. Okay. That's a, maybe I should have checked before the show anyway, but uh, I'm enjoying that anyway. I've listened to the first couple of shows. I think it's a nine-part series on the writer, Jim Starlin, but I really did like that very grim period of uh, the Batman and Detective comics. Moving on from that, Breakfast News this morning. Toast made it 24 appearances in 26 days. There you go. I've got those details to hand. It's when things get a bit more complicated like the batman podcast search that i run into trouble nectar points actually uh before we move on to uh the nectar points uh i'll be beeping out any mention of bram stoker's uh infamous or famous however you want to uh regard that character as i'll be beeping it out because uh, normally i don't say that name and i've just realized that i slipped up but uh, yeah, that that character has always uh, terrified me, as you know, if you're a long time listener. So I'll be beeping that out. But basically, uh, what I was listening to was Sherlock Holmes versus Bram Stoker's uh, character. I think when was that written? Around 1892, I think, if my memory serves me right. Anyway, let's get back to the nectar points. Here's the thing with the nectar points. I thought I'd mislaid my receipt, spent the morning searching for it to bring you my nectar points. And I just thought this is symptomatic of a distracted mind. So I had to log into my Nectar account again to give you this update today. And I was thinking I was just going to have to see what I can remember, you know, because I can't find this receipt. And uh, then I realized just by looking at my Nectar account that I didn't go to Sainsbury's last week because I can now find my favorite yogurt in Tesco. So I gave Sainsbury's a swerve. I tend to go to the uh, Tesco and then to Little with the Brixton Pistons. They're the... You know, they're about five minutes apart from each other, so it just makes more sense to, to go to those two places if I can. And if I can't, then I do go to Sainsbury's uh, for that yogurt. But I did pick up some points via eBay 
and I'll bring those to you now and I do worry about getting uh, COVID via eBay. I wonder if I did get COVID via the eBay purchases, possibly. You never know. Um, okay, 15th of March. So last week, so the thing is I can't find my closing balance here. I can't remember what my closing balance was. That's the problem with this Nectar account. Let's see what my account doesn't give you your current points balance. Activity. So I can see my activity. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Here we go. There you go. Just had a scroll up. Yeah. So um, I think my closing balance last week was 174. I'm working on the basis of what I'm seeing on this screen. And on the 15th of March, one purchase on eBay got me five points, five nectar points, and another purchase on the 20th got me five points. I had to buy a cable. No, the cable was via Amazon. I had to buy a cable for um, for the podcast. I've actually found this. Well, I've been sent this very useful YouTube link. It's about half an hour long. I've only watched the first five minutes, which should help me improve significantly my work with all this new uh, podcast and equipment it is seriously technical stuff though and it's going to take me a, a while to get to grips with it I've, I've watched the first five minutes made loads of notes and has just got to find the time to uh, to to watch the rest of it but it's hopefully going to be very useful and, and resolve a lot of problems for me and hopefully mean that I can get some of these older guys who refuse to uh, use zoom uh, on the show. So I picked up 10 points in the last week and I've now got 184 nectar points worth at least 92p. Way onwards and upwards. So uh, that's the nectar point. Star Wars football results. There have been loads of um, Star Wars football. You will be uh, even, let me uh, see if I can form my words properly. You'll be pleased to hear. So Europa League quarter final second leg. That was on the 16th, Tuesday the 16th. Agamar nil, Moz Eisley won. That was 2-2 from the first leg. A brilliant victory for uh, Moz Eisley who held on and uh, they remain the uh, narrow favourites for uh, to lift the uh, Europa League and the semi-final draw took place after that game. The uh, semi-finals are Starkiller base, Versus Moz Eisley, uh, Starkiller Base, the outsiders of that uh, remaining quartet. So that's a good draw for Moz Eisley and Hearth, second favourites. They've got the uh, clash of the semi-finals against uh, Naboo. That game could go either way. So Hoth will have to travel to Naboo in the second leg. Hoth right now on a, on a great run and a record in the Silver Age. They haven't conceded a goal for five games. They don't score many but they don't concede many either. Champions League quarterfinal second leg from Wednesday the 17th. Uh, Mandalay Endor. This was 1-1 from the first leg at Endor. Um, Mandalay were missing their suspended goalkeeper. He was sent off in the first uh, leg and Endor scored a brilliant 1-0 win to take them into the semi-finals. I think many had written Endor off, particularly after their uh, home defeat in their last group game against the uh, all wrong, but they restored uh, some measure of fear, I suppose, because they were the team that were feared by others up until last uh, season's surprise uh, exit at the semi-final stage to eventual champions Tatooine, who beat them 1-0 at Endor. So Endor finally coming good and hitting form uh, this season on the 18th. Uh, Tatooine, they were... Um, uh, they were at a disadvantage. Uh, they'd drawn at home 1-1 to outsiders Cantonica, who'd put four past Death Star when Death Star went to Cantonica. Cantonica had won both their home games in the Champions League so far and were fancy to give Tatooine a, a tough uh, ride. But Tatooine thumped them 4-0. Uh, it's not that Cantonica played badly. It's just Tatooine did what Tatooine do and uh, meantime so I'm a little confused by this one okay this one went to extra time this was the all domestic clash between X-Wing and Death Star it was 1-0 to Death Star from the first leg and uh, X-Wing took the lead 1-0 the game went into extra time at which point both teams basically collapsed and there were five more goals uh, the game ended X-Wing 3 Death Star 3 which meant that Death Star uh, went through 4-3 on aggregate and uh, have gone through to their second uh, Champions League uh, semi-final. And uh, I'll give you the draw in a moment. 
Meantime, the quarterfinal second leg, the last one, this was a shocker. This was on Saturday. Aldron, uh, they got a 1-1 draw to Eos Prime, who'd been thumped by Tatooine. I think they conceded 10 goals to Tatooine in two group games. But, uh, uh, sorry, Uh, 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 a few noises there. I'm not going to edit those out. I'm just going to leave them in there for you. That reminds me of... uh, Spanish consulate classes where we had to run through the vowels. Okay, Alderaan were 2-0 up. And then before half-time, Eos Prime pulled two goals back. And then uh, a real turning point in the game. Hoth Solo sent off with uh, seven minutes left. Hoth Solo, Alderaan's goalkeeper. And, you know, because the goals are so big in Star Wars football now that often when a shot is fired, it might hit my hand. I let the first one go, but if it happens again, then the keeper gets a yellow, and if it happens again, they get a red. So Hoth Solo was sent off. I think the game was 2-2 at that point, or 3-2 to Alderaan, and uh, Alderaan were down to six players. Eos Prime scored from the resulting free kick right away and uh, held on to go through on a through on away goals it's 4-4 uh, 4-4 even on aggregate but uh, EOS Prime went through on away goals that's a real shock and a real blow to Aldron meantime yesterday were the um, the uh, league cup semi-final second legs Hoth were leading 1-0 from the first leg against X-Wing they traveled to X-Wing and uh, it was X-Wing nil, Hoth won a beautiful first-half strike after six minutes from K250. The lanky droid after a stunning pass by Han Solo, who's in real form at the moment for Hoth. So Hoth have got through to their first-ever final of the Silver Age. There's been a couple of near misses in the semi-finals. The pressure was on. This is the first semi-final Hoth have played in the Silver Age where they've not been up against it. They were... In the lead from the first leg, all they had to do was close the game out. So it was a real test. There was going to be no dramatic failure this time. They were fancy to go through, and they held their nerve and uh, went through. Meantime, more controversy at Sandy Lane. Tatooine uh, drew it Alderaan 1-1 in the first leg, so they had the away goal. They were warm favourites to go through. They haven't beaten Alderaan in five meetings before yesterday's game. The turning point after 10 minutes, major in the Tatooine goal, Sent off again for a couple of handballs. Tatooine down to six players. Had to sacrifice R2 uh, to bring on Silver Droid in goal. And Aldron had, you know, were benefiting this time from the rule that had cost them their own goalkeeper 24 hours earlier. They had a much changed side and they were really up against it. But of course, it was going to be very difficult for Tatooine to try and win the game from that position. Uh, an error from uh, Gray Ben and the Tatooine uh, defence. An unnecessary uh, Hollywood ball, as Ron Atkinson would call it, in the uh, early in the second half, was intercepted by Alderaan. And Scuba, an action force figure, a peripheral figure in the Alderaan squad, has been given a chance at the weekend. He'd scored two goals against Eos Prime. He added another here with a deadly finish. And just a moment later, uh, a known goal from Great Ben to compound his misery in what has otherwise been a brilliant season for him. And Alderaan went through uh, 2-0 and uh, 3-1 on aggregate. So they face Hoth. And it's a hard one to call. I think Alderaan will just will be favourites just about. But Hoth are certainly the form team. Alderaan were heavily fancied in the league this season, had the strongest looking squad, but haven't really recovered from losing the Christmas Cup final on Christmas Eve to Empire by two goals to nil. And uh, meantime, actually, have I got it here? Don't know if I have, but I'll remember some of these stats. What I normally do as a season's come into its climax, that's when I actually start finally collating all the uh, the list of goal scorers. Uh, the top goal scorers, I uh, tend to catch up with those stats towards the end of the season. was going to do assists too, as I keep a record of those and substitutions and player ratings for each match. But I can't read my own writing, so I'll have to give the assists a miss. But I do know that the top goal, uh, goal scorers even, C3PO, 
for Death Star. He's got 15 goals, and yet his form hasn't been absolutely brilliant. And he's the record goal scorer in Star Wars football, but didn't get a single goal last season. In this Silver Age uh, Season 5, he's got 15 now. B-wing pilot for Alderaan. He's not even a regular, but he's got 13 goals. He's seen as a bit of a flat-track bully, piling up hat-tricks against second division sides in the domestic cups. And Jedi Luke, the majestic Tatooine striker, uh, arguably the greatest striker in the history of uh, Star Wars football, bit of a Marco Van Basten type uh, figure. He's got uh, 12 goals this season. Diaz Pure, the former Alderaan understudy who joined Tatooine last season, uh, sorry, at the start of this season, he's got uh, 10 so far this season. So uh, some stats there for you. Actually, uh, before I leave the Star Wars football this week, I forgot to give you the Champions League draw. Of all things to forget... And uh, the draw was made on Saturday evening and Endor are at home in their first leg to Death Star and Tatooine face Eos Prime in the other semi-final. Uh, the floor, I suppose, in the competition structure there is that Tatooine and Eos Prime have already met earlier in the competition and Tatooine have uh, put 10 goals past Eos Prime already in those two games, conceding only one, which I think was an own goal. So... Uh, EOS Prime definitely up against it there. Europe, meantime, can still dream of their dream final. Uh, the prospect of reigning champions Tatooine taking on Endor is uh, something that will leave many Star Wars football fans slavering. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. If you've enjoyed the show and have yet to do so, please do rate, review and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. It's a massive help for indie shows. And all that's left for me to say to you is it is time for you to get those shoulders back and keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. <laughs> <laughs>